You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Welcome to MLB.com Extras. I'm Danny Wexelman with Jane Lee, who covers the athletics for MLB.com. And Jane, I just want to get this out of the way. I hate to tell you, I know you already know, and I know the people who are listening to this podcast already know, but the athletics are not one of the lucky teams who are vying for the love and the talent of Shohei Otani. I'm wondering, have you heard anything, uh, heard from anyone in the athletics camp about losing out on this opportunity? Yeah, I mean, I think it's um, fair to say that it's not very surprising. I mean, when you have your pick of any any one of the 30 teams, um, I'm not sure that right now Oakland's going to be at the top of the list um, because, you know, they, they're in a rebuilding phase. They didn't have much money to give. Their facilities are outdated. Um, obviously, a lot of talk about the ballpark, but um, that doesn't mean that the A's didn't make their pitch. I mean... You know, you never know with these things. It was only a few years ago that they landed, you know, in a cesspit. Um, and so, you know, they did um, present to Otani's camp um, with a multimedia um, presentation. Um, Do you know anything about that presentation, Jane? Do you know, you know, some of the things that they mentioned or what they tried to entice him with by chance? Yeah. So one of the big things um, was basically selling um Bob Melvin, um, just because he is a manager that has, um, you know, managed Japanese stars before Hideki Matsui. Um, They remain very close. Um, He's also very close with Ichiro um, and just, you know, has that feel, not just for Japanese players, but, um, you know, any player. He's just very good with his players. And I think that, you know, that was one of the, the bigger selling points that they wanted to highlight. Um, and also the fact that, you know, even though they're kind of in this rebuilding phase, you know, they think that they can contend sooner than later. And a lot of these core young pieces um, that they're building around are around Otani's age. I mean, he's 23. Um, you know, that's around Matt Chapman, Matt Olson's age, um, you know, and he could have, you know, come in and kind of been one of those guys. So um, there were definitely selling points. But and again, every team has selling points and obviously, yeah. um a lot of teams have a lot more than the A's. Um, You know, it's unfortunate just because they are on the West Coast, so you would have at least hoped that um, maybe they could have landed in an in-person meeting with him, um, like the Giants and the Padres. Um, But at the end of the day, I don't think it's all too surprising that they didn't, didn't at least get to meet him. Yeah. All right. Well, onward and upward for the athletics. And speaking of that, the A's rounded out their major league coaching staff for the 2018 season on Monday and so they're bringing in Al Padraig aboard. He's the first base coach. And Astros manager A.J. Hinch called him instrumental in the Jose Altuve signing. So what do you think he can add to the athletics coaching staff? Yeah, I think particularly with the A's, um, you know, first and foremost, you look at um, his most recent managerial experience within the Yankees organization, and he's very familiar with all three of the guys that the A's got in the Sonny Gray deal. Um, yeah. And Two of those guys especially are, I mean, especially Dustin Fowler um, is expected to be their center fielder next year. Um, Jorge Mateo isn't considered too far off. And then 
James Caprielian is recovering from Tommy John surgery, but this is a guy that's familiar with all three of them. And really, I mean, I think people were a little surprised that he didn't get to interview for the um, Yankees managerial job just because he's so well-regarded, mm. um, obviously has a lot of experience, um, not just at the minor league level. He's managed a ton there, but also at the major league level, just on different coaching staff. So comes with a lot of experience. Um, he's pretty familiar with Billy Bean. Um, they played together um, in the Mets minor league system back in the 80s. So I think just, um, you know, when these jobs come open, I think a lot of comfort and familiarity goes a long way, and it seems like there's that on both sides. Let's talk about tendering and non-tendering. These words have been thrown around a lot because that deadline just passed. The A's had seven players. They needed to decide whether to tender or non-tender their contracts, and they made an easy decision, Jane. They tendered all of them. Chris Davis stands out to me as one of the more interesting ones. He's bound to make a little more bank after slamming 43 home runs and 110 RBI, both career highs you noted in your story for MLB.com. Should athletic fans get used to seeing Davis in their uniform? You know, that's kind of a question right now, and I'm not sure that we'll know the answer this offseason, maybe not even, you know, midseason next year, because I think the A's are really mulling that over. Um, you know, it's, it's tough for them to hand out those extensions. They don't do it often, um, and when they have in the past, it's kind of come to fight them. Um, Eric Chavez ended up being hurt for the majority of of his tenure um, after he received that extension. And they're just very cautious. Um, But they also know Chris Davis's value. They like him the way he is. They're not trying to change him. Um, You know, they know his strengths and they also know his weaknesses and they're okay with those. Um, And so I think that's why, you know, right now they're trying to transition him into that full-time DH role. And then you get to a point where you have to decide, okay, how much do I want to pay for a DH? They overspent um, on Billy Butler, and that clearly did not end up working out well at all. Um, so I think it's just, you know, trying to be cautious and, you know, weighing the pros and cons of, of handing out an extension and handing out the type of dollars that Chris Davis is going to demand because he's only going to get more expensive. I mean, his um, contract for next year is probably going to be around the $11 million range, which, mm-hmm. I mean, for a guy like that, you know, it definitely makes sense, but in A's dollars, that's that's a lot. And so after next year, you would think that he would be priced out um, of their range unless before that time they're able to come to some kind of agreement on an extension, which I think is very possible. Um, and a lot of that, um, you know, has to do with Chris Davis and the fact that he loves Oakland. You know, he loves the Bay Area, sits in really nicely, um, just feels you know, a certain comfort level um, around Oakland and, you know, also meshes with a lot of the young guys, kind of played like a quiet mentor to them. Um, So, you know, it'll be interesting to see just because I think that there is interest in both sides, but, you know, a lot more is involved, obviously, and it's never as easy as it seems. So it's good news for A's fans for the time being, at least on the Chris Davis front. All right, Jane, we're going to go back in time. Are you ready? I think so. (laughs) Okay, I think so too. We're going to go to 1987 in honor of the winter meetings coming up in just a few days. 
We need to look back at a moment that stood out to A's fans, to the athletics. So Sandy Alderson needed to find somebody to compliment guys like Mark McGuire and Jose Canseco. It's kind of cool to be able to go back and talk about this moment. So they ended up acquiring Dave Parker, the Cobra, as he was affectionately called. Why was this moment so important in A's history? So I was about... um three or four months old when they acquired him. Yes. But, um, looking back now, I, I wasn't say, born. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, so I hope that makes Sandy Alderson feel pretty old. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you know, at the time and even looking back, maybe it doesn't seem like, you know, the, the biggest addition just because you look at the club that they already had. Um, but I think, you know, clubs that are vying for championships, they really value those, those guys that bring, a veteran presence and that's still true to this day and looking back um you know i think dave barker really brought that to them and was pretty instrumental um in those back-to-back um you know world series appearance appearances um you know basically did his job brought brought that powered left-handed bat to compliment guys like mark mcguire and jose canseco um and you know it's just kind of funny that was 30 years ago and um you know the winter meetings now have become such um a a media crazed event um but they still you know serve a purpose and um you know i think you look at any club and you can find you know one of those kind of memorable moments and for the a's i mean i had to go back pretty far (laughs) um just because i think these days billy bean's not the the biggest fan of the winter meetings because it's so uh media centric but um yeah that was um a a big one for them even if you know at the time it didn't it didn't seem like it was but definitely instrumental in those clubs and jane you'll have a story on mlb.com kind of filling in all the details of that Um, acquisition and why it was so important so everyone needs to make sure they go and check that out because the history for me sometimes the history is something that we're missing we're we're lacking that and it it helps explain why teams are the way they are now so um, make sure to go check that out we're going to stay on the winter meetings topic right now Jane I I don't know if we're going to see something similar to 1987 but a few weeks ago I had mentioned to you that one of the opening lines in your stories was athleticism has been lacking in the A's organization, which I, I loved that line. Um, and when we talked, you said that the A's needed a veteran presence, a veteran bat, a right-handed bat. Is that still the case? Are there any names that you've been hearing that could be picked up at the winter meetings? Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of this um, hinges on what happens with two of the, the, the key players right now that everyone's kind of waiting to hear from, um, you know, not just Otani, but of course, Giancarlo Stanton. And yeah. um, those guys, it doesn't, it doesn't only affect the teams that will sign them. It has this domino effect across the league. Say, say Stanton ends up with the Cardinals. Well, the Cardinals um, already have a plethora of outfielders um, and that would free them up even more so, you know, to trade from the crop that they have. Um, and I know that, the A's do, uh, I mean, they have interest in a ton of outfielders right now, um, and among them is Steven Piscotti. Um, mm-hmm. He's a local local boy, um, cost-controlled, um, would would fit really well into their plan right now. Um, and I don't think that, um, you know, they're necessarily eyeing a veteran. I think that really more than anything, um, just a right-handed bat, um, 
that can play the outfield and that um, can be here for, for a while. Um, you know, they're not in the business right now of assigning guys um, to short-term deals um, just because they have such a long-term plan in mind. So, you know, that's, that's only one. I know that um, also the, the Marlins, of course, are looking to pretty much sell all of their parts. Um, so there's a few outfielders on that club that, you know, they may have interest in. Um, they've also been linked to Avatel Garcia of the White Sox young and and also um, relatively affordable for them um, should they look to make a trade so there's definitely a lot of options out there I think you know everyone's just kind of in in waiting mode and and hoping that um, everything with Otani and um, Stanton kind of settles before the winter meeting so that you know everyone can start um, making moves Um, you know it'd be kind of a shame if we were still in waiting mode during the winter meetings and everyone's just kind of sitting back, um, you know, not able to do much just because so much hinges on those guys right now. Yeah. Don't they know that we want to report and write and break news? I mean, right. Geez, come on. We're just trying to <laughs> do our jobs. You here. know, what's going to happen is they're going to have to, you know, do all this during Christmas time. And we don't want that. <laughs> no, no. So if anyone, anyone is listening, uh, we'd like to get this done before December 25th, please. And thank you yes. very much. <laughs> please. Awesome, Jane. Well, I'm going to see you next week in Orlando. I'm excited. It's my first winter meeting, so you'll have to uh, show me the ropes, and hopefully we'll have some good news to give to A's fans on this podcast. But thanks for all your hard work. Thanks for all your information, and we'll talk to you soon. All right. Thank you. Thank you.